Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, friends. This is Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and we're so delighted to be able to continue this little series that we've been doing on the incredible Sermon on the Mount. And today we're going to focus on chapter six, and we're going to look at what's known as the Lord's Prayer. And uh, we spoke about three important elements to Jewish spirituality that really do reflect the Torah, the five books of Moses. It reflects the Bible, and but you have to do them the right way. And it's charity, giving, giving to charity. And secondly, it is fasting, and then third is prayer. And so maybe not necessarily in that order, and Jesus actually does fasting last in this. And so we're going to focus on prayer. Prayer is such an important part of uh, Jewish life and Jewish religious life. So I remember I was sitting on a plane once uh, next to uh, a gentleman wearing a yarmulke, a skull cap, and uh, we introduced ourselves and Uh, I knew he was a religious Jewish person. It turns out he's also a rabbi. And uh, he takes out his prayer book called the Siddur, kind of a a, a smaller version of it because there are hundreds of pages in it. And these are the guidelines to praying three times a day in Judaism. And he takes out the Siddur and begins praying what I understood as the traveler's prayer before we took off on the flight. (laughs) And and I, I looked at him and I said, I'm Jewish too, so thank you. I appreciate your prayers. I'm sure they were for me, and as long as you pray for the pilot, I feel much safer now. And he laughed, and and uh, I said, but, you know, can I ask you something that I've always wondered about as a Jewish person? And that is, why do you just read these prayers? I mean, don't you think that God wants to hear from your heart? Why don't you just create your own prayer spontaneously? I was raised Orthodox, and we always read our prayers. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you've ever wondered about that too. And he smiled at me, took it well, and he says, oh, Mitch, we were already on a first-name basis. He said, how could I possibly utter prayers and praises to God that are more eloquent than those of our sages? Hmm. <laughs> and I said, wow. That's a different perspective on prayer than I have because I'm a Jewish believer in Jesus. He smiled. He didn't get too upset or change his seat. But we had a great discussion on spirituality. And I came away from that really understanding even more deeply how wonderful it is to just be able to pray what's on my heart, even though other people can pray far more eloquently than I can Still, I believe God wants to hear me and wants to hear uh, my words. And so, Bobby, that uh, brings us to the Sermon on the Mount. You all know Bobby, our chosen people director of the New York work. And uh, Bobby, I know, has given a lot of study to the Sermon on the Mount. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this sermon? And one of the questions I have is, why does Jesus cover the things in the sermon that he covers? I mean, is there any background to it? Yeah, yeah, Mitch, that's that's a great question. And uh, you know, first I just want to greet you with a with a hearty shalom and and to all of our listeners as well. Uh but yeah, the Sermon on the Mount where we find the Lord's Prayer 
it is really it's meat okay this is not uh, milk at this point this is really you know a meaty uh section here of the text and uh it's really powerful and i i appreciate what this jewish man on the airplane said to you in response uh, because there is you know a lot that we can learn and glean from those brothers and sisters who went before us uh, whose shoulders that we stand on uh, even when it comes to prayer but at the same time i also appreciate the question that you asked because when we come to liturgical prayers and uh, things that are written out for us the temptation is there to just view it as something that is rote and dry and we're just reciting it for the sake of reciting it. You know, I, I remember even uh, experiencing this in my early walk, almost getting superstitious about it. Like if I don't say it just right, then it's not going to be valid in the eyes of God. So we have to kind of get past that hurdle when it comes to using something like the Lord's Prayer in our personal prayer life. It's, it's uh, a model prayer, isn't it, Bobby? It is. It's, it's, it's That's yeah. the point. It's a model prayer for us. And the intention is, again, not that we recite it perfectly, but that we understand and absorb and really connect with the, uh, the heart of the words, the heart of the message that is contained in the Lord's Prayer. So, Mitch, what do you say we just read it uh, real quickly so we can kind of get a feel for what the message of the Lord's Prayer is? Why don't you do it, Bobby? I love your New Jersey accent. Okay. You know? I'm on, hey, forget about it. I'm on it. <laughs> All right. So in, in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now, Mitch, when we look at some of the uh, the contents of the Lord's Prayer, and again, want to really just meditate upon these words and chew on them and, and look at what's at the heart of each of them, uh, what we find is that there's actually similarities between the Lord's Prayer given to us by Jesus himself and what we find in some traditional Jewish prayers. Okay, mm -hmm. so one, one point of connection is the fact that God is exalted. The one who's doing the, the prayers, the one who's reciting the prayers or, or praying the prayers, is acknowledging how awesome and magnificent God is, right? Also, the relational side of God. He's our Father. Okay, these, these are elements that we find in traditional Jewish prayers. Uh, an acknowledgement that God rules and reigns over everything, right? Your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's very similar to what we find again in Jewish prayers. Uh, there is an acknowledgement and an understanding that he is the king of kings, that he rules and reigns over all creation. Uh, seeking God and relying on God for our daily bread. Mitch, you know, there are endless numbers of blessings that Jewish people recite, thanking God and blessing him for different kind of food and drink and sustenance uh, that we have. Uh, seeking forgiveness of our sins. And this is another part of Jewish prayer where we find uh, that there is an acknowledgement and an understanding that we cannot be forgiven in and of ourselves, that we need God to take action to forgive us our sins. 
you know, I could go on and on with the connections, but, you know, these are just some of the things that I think we want to be mindful of uh, when we look at the Lord's Prayer. You know, that's great, Bobby. One of the aspects of it that just blesses me to no end is that the use of the word Father, Mm. uh, in Hebrew, of course, the Hebrew word Abba, according to some great scholars, because I didn't count myself, the word Father in the Old Testament is only used 15 times of God. Hmm. 15 times. I mean, it's not a lot. Mostly we talk about God as glorious, exalted, and, and uh, you know, there's the transcendence of God. He's above all, beyond all. He's the king. But there's also another element to God, and that's really important for prayer. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing and all these wonderful things, but he's also close to us. Hmm. He's dear to us. He loves us as a father loves a son. He's our Abba. He wants to hear from us. And so the word Father is used a number of times in this prayer. Our Father who is in heaven. And then at the end, Jesus uses the word Father again uh, in the forgiveness passage. If you forgive others, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you don't forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. And so there's, there's this tone in the Sermon on the Mount. It's a model prayer. Yeah. But it speaks of the potential intimacy mm-hmm. between ourselves and our Heavenly Father, our Abba. And that's just such a beautiful and meaningful thought to me that, yes, He is glorious. He is above and beyond all, but He's my Dad. He's my Abba. And when I pray, uh, He wants me to draw very, very close to Him. And I, I love that about the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, Mitch, that, that is wonderful. And, uh, you know, I, I just have like a follow-up question for you. Uh, if you had someone that you were discipling, what advice would you give them on how they could practically use the Lord's Prayer in their personal prayer life? You know, the funny thing is, Bobby, it was a model for me as a new believer hmm. because I was raised in an Orthodox Jewish home. And so I only did pray written prayers. So I, I didn't know how to pray. And... Um, People would have said to me, Mitch, would you would you lead in prayer when I was a new believer? And I didn't know what to say hmm. because I wasn't trained yet. And and so the, the Lord's Prayer was really wonderful for me where it's not a formula. Again, it's a model, but it's a way to understand prayer. So we honor God for who he is. We, we think about uh, the kingdom that he's established and what will come. And then... God is also a very practical God. He's down to earth. And we thank him for our daily bread. You know, one of the most popular prayers in Judaism, this is what really made sense to me, is, Baruch Hamotzi Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. And we pray that before we eat almost anything. And as a, a Jewish believer, I began adding something to that prayer. So, thank you, Lord, for bringing forth bread from the earth. Very practical. We need it to sustain us. And so, uh, we, we are grateful for it. And then I would always add, and thank you for bringing the bread of life from heaven, even our Lord Jesus. And so, this duality of God caring for our everyday needs and also caring for our spiritual needs, that there's a melding of the two. Uh, they, they're joined together. And so we thank God for our daily bread. And, and then it, it works itself out. And Lord, help me to be practically your person. Lord, help me to do the hard thing. And forgiving others is really, really difficult. 
And then that last part in verse 13, I must admit, I it meant a lot to me as a new believer, but uh, as I've continued studying the text, it's uh, been pretty important because a lot of interpreters do understand that needs a little bit of work on the translation, most Bible versions. So don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But we all know there's a definite article before right. that word, yeah. evil. So it's, evil and deliver one. us from the evil. And uh, I think it has more of a, of a connotation of the devil himself. And so in the Lord's Prayer, we recognize the fact that we need the Lord to help us fight our spiritual battles and that we need his deliverance from the evil one who's always, always trying to oppose us and attack us. And uh, so there's just so many practical spiritual lessons to learn from the Lord's Prayer. And so I, I just love this prayer. I, you know, I've been a believer over 50 years and it still blesses me to no end. Chosen People Ministries is dedicated to engaging and training local churches for Jewish evangelism. And one of the ways we accomplish this mission is by providing resources and materials that will deepen your understanding of what the Bible actually teaches. And if you'd like to learn more about what the Bible says about the end times and God's judgment, then please call us and ask for your copy of Joel Rosenberg's free booklet, Pestilence, Plagues, and Pandemics. It's available right now, and all you have to do is visit us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. That's chosenpeople.com slash radio. What the Bible has to say about these topics is so vitally important to us in these times. So ask for Joel Rosenberg's free booklet, Pestilence, Plagues, and Pandemics, What Does the Bible Teach? When you call 888-293-7482. That number again is 888 888- 293-7482. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon. New York City, home to an estimated 1.6 million Jewish people. At Chosen People Ministries, we gather believers from all over the country every summer to proclaim the good news of Jesus the Messiah to Jewish people all around the city. We engage in street outreach and follow-up, We also invite our volunteers to a special Jewish cultural day, Sabbath dinner celebration, and more. If you have a heart for the Jewish people and love to talk about Jesus, visit chosenpeople.com slash Shalom New York to find out more. That's chosenpeople.com slash Shalom New York. We hope to see you this summer. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. Here at Chosen People Ministries, We hear from a lot of Jewish people who have found the Messiah. And right now, we'd like to share one of those stories with you. I'm originally from New York City. Um, Grew up in a Jewish home. When I was a child, I went to synagogue. I remember learning about Abraham, David and Goliath, learning to read Torah portion, learning to chant blessings. There was a religion that I was being taught that I learned pretty well and an identity that I was taught and I learned pretty well what it meant to be a Jew. But what about the God of the Jews? That was kind of like a missing piece. I was working as a camp counselor, beautiful place on on the lakes, Lake Winnipesaukee up in New Hampshire. I began to look at the, the incredible creation, looking at the mountains, looking at the lakes, looking at the trees. For the first time in my life, something began to open up. There's no way 
that this could have happened just by itself. I had a friend back then who showed up at the camp just at the same time I did, another Jewish kid. He had a Bible with him, and that Bible included the New Testament. My first reaction was, you know, why, why are you even, like, looking at that? Why are you even considering that? What's, what's the point? How could you, you know, give that any regard at all? This was the Gentile religion. This was the non-Christian thing. This was the, the religion for those people. One day, and I really can't tell you why, maybe curiosity, I don't know. I opened up my friend's Bible. Now, I had never opened the New Testament in my life, and I, I looked at what Jesus was saying there. The first thing I read goes like this. Blessed are those who know their need of God. They shall be satisfied. I was never exposed to such a question or never exposed to such a, a proposition. Hey, did you ever consider that you might need God? Something hit me here. Knowing your need of God. And for the first time in my life, I began to realize, you know something? I think I might need that. And the synagogue, like I said, it taught me about being Jewish. It taught me the stories of, of, of the Bible. But the, there was a difference between learning stories and learn, knowing the author. If I could possibly come to a knowledge of him, not just know about him or not just know, you know what he said to do or not to do, if I could somehow know him, that would be the best knowing that there is. I began to, to seek in my heart, and I began to read more of this Jesus and the words of this Jesus. I, I learned that he's Jewish. He's talking about the Torah. He's talking about the prophets. He's talking about David. He's talking about Elijah. I was reading the words of a rabbi. This was not what I expected, opening up the Gentile Bible. He was addressing issues of my heart, how I should relate to other people, what, how, or, or how God is so righteous and holy and that he wants me in my heart to be righteous and holy. I know that I'm impure, I know, I know that I'm not right, I know that there's so much imperfection, but I also see this, this, this perfection before me, this beauty before me. And I read in, in the Hebrew Bible how God's messenger, God's servant was wounded. He was bruised for our iniquities, sins. Something had happened, something had turned my heart around and I became open to God and the fulfillment of everything that my upbringing pointed to. I was second semester in school. There was nobody in the dormitory room but me. And I had been reading and soaking it all in, thinking about it and mulling over this for months. But I finally, I got up from my bed, stood up, and I just kind of, I said to myself, you know, I might as well just admit it. I believe this. 
this is who I am. I, I felt something, like physically, come over me. The top of my head and kind of going down. It was real, it was there, it was like almost physically you could feel it, but I knew that it was kind of like the air. It wasn't, you couldn't grasp it, but it was there. Came down, but most importantly, what this was saying to me, I, I remembered as clear as day, it was saying to me, son, what you have just said is the truth. As a Jew believing in the Jewish Messiah, I'm more complete as a Jew than I ever was. When I opened up my heart to see beyond prejudice, to see beyond artificial walls that have been created over the centuries, and I began to understand that my faith is complete that I do not have to wait forever to know who this Messiah is, who this one who is to come, who it is at the Passover that we're waiting for when we open up the door and look outside. I know who he is. I know that he needed to come as Messiah, the suffering servant, and that one day he will come again as Messiah, the King of Kings. Shalom, friends. This is Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. There is a growing movement of the Holy Spirit among second-generation young adults, and we have a great ministry to these folks. There are hundreds of them. There's a beautiful commercial center, two and a half times the size of what we have now that'll seat over 150 people. We have space for children's work. We have space for a cafe. And so pray over the center. We'd love to have you come on a chosen people trip. But I know that you'll want to be involved in one way or another to help the gospel go out in power to Israel. To learn more about this new exciting project, visit chosenpeople.com slash Tel Aviv Center. That's chosenpeople.com slash Tel Aviv Center. Partner with us to bring the love of Yeshua to Israel today. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, then let me encourage you to stop by our website and explore. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. We've got a variety of resources available, and we even have a free gift available for you just for reaching out. Joel Rosenberg is a dear friend, and he's written a book called Pestilence, Plagues, and Pandemics. What does the Bible teach? And my other friend, noted Dallas Theological Seminary professor Daryl Bach says, the plagues are a way for God to get our attention. Thank God that season of plague has stopped, but there are many other hardships in the world right now that we must pay attention to. The Messiah warns his disciples that pestilence, war, rumors of wars, will be one of the signs of the last days of human history. So it's only understandable that in a time of pandemic and war, that people are understandably frightened and wanting answers. And so if you'd like to know what the Bible teaches, about pestilence, plagues, and pandemics. Be sure to call us and ask for a free copy of Joel's book today. You'll find it at chosenpeople.com slash radio. You can also ask for the book today by writing to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. 
or give us a call at 888-293-7482. That's 888-2-YESHUA. And now let's wrap up today's program with the Aaronic Benediction. Yair Adonai Panavalecha Vikunecha Yisadonai Panavalecha Vyasem Lecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.